Okay, are you ready? Welcome to Totally Qualified. Totally Qualified. Totally Qualified. We are a group of DDB interns. Can I just do the intro and then look at my friends? Right, you're taking away from airtime. Sorry, are we rolling? Quiet on set, please. Hey, welcome to Totally Qualified. Today's episode is a bonus episode where I am interviewing Nico Nieto, our VP of Digital here at DDB Chicago. So, Nico, if you want to kind of just go into explaining what you do here and your role in your day-to-day. Well, Bertie, thanks so much for having me here. I think like the podcast is a great initiative by the interns and you know, hopefully setting a lot of value for people looking to get their feet wet in, in the advertising industry. Um, it's a great question. As a VP of digital, uh, we do a lot of different things and wear a lot of different hats. Um, the majority of my attention... Uh, these days is around uh, bringing um, social thinking for the brands that we represent. And that goes everything from uh, using social listening as a tool to stay relevant with what people are talking about online and uh, finding white space for our brands to interact with consumers in those places where the consumers are having conversations. Um, uh, I also work with our developer teams and with our partners when we have to develop any sort of technology products or solutions for our clients. And, you know, as a way of thinking, we try not to use use technology for the sake of use technology, but actually use technology as a problem-solving tool um, that is helping the client business, whether it's how can an application or a website or uh, an Alexa skill help more people sign up for a credit card or find the latest promotions on a retailer or um, engage deeper uh, um, in a brand experience that can be super fun and super exciting. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, so what sort of trends are you seeing in social right now that you are excited most about? Well, it's changing very, very quickly, but uh, definitely um, uh the biggest trend for me is brands need to stop operating as brands and start operating more as people. Um, no one likes to have a conversation with a brand necessarily, but they want to have a conversation with a persona with um, uh, with the values and with the energy and with the personality that that brand represents. So uh, when you think about people interacting with um, Wendy's, they're not looking to interact with a burger company, but they're looking to interact with the witty, fun, the smart personality of the community managers that are behind their Twitter account. When people are looking to interact with Nike as a brand, they're not looking to interact with a shoemaker or, 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 or a sportswear manufacturer. They're looking to interact with a brand that is, um, uh, or a team or this persona that is uh, taking a stance for uh, equality and for um, inclusion and for more participation in the sports world, right? So I think that the biggest trend for me is uh, brands starting to take a stand for something and starting to behave more like people and less like robots. And that's extremely important nowadays, especially for social and digital, you know, in an era where um, it's really easy to fall into the trap of like everything is data driven and everything needs to be automated and, you know, we're going to create bots. And in that era of automation, it's really easy to lose your humanity. 
And I think the brands that you see winning the most, whether it's um, you know in award shows or whether you see with like consumers every day, are the brands that are showcasing more of that human side. Mm -hmm. What do you think the secret is behind that? Uh, well, I wish I had it, yeah. right? Um, uh, but I think what we like to believe in is there is, um, uh, number one, brands and people not being afraid of uh, connecting with emotions and being emotional, being uh, vulnerable. Mm -hmm. um, number two, uh, listen to what consumers are saying. There is millions of conversations happening in the world every day. And... Um, with the use of social media, the landscape change, and it's not anymore about broadcasting a message. We know that everybody can do that, especially mm -hmm. these days where more content is being created than ever before. Mm -hmm. But I think it's more about um, uh, listening to what people are saying and the causes that they believe in and the type of conversations that they're having and asking uh, with the spirit of the brand, like, do we have a role to play in that conversation? And if so, what's your position about it? You know, for years, there's, there's, there's been this um, almost taboo for brands to talk about uh, things like um, sex orientation and things like inclusion and diversity mm -hmm. and, and um, uh, political conversations mm -hmm. because of the backlash that, that that may create. And I think... Uh, um, these brands that are selling us products every day have the responsibility of, of, of taking a stance and consumers are proving to, to be more loyal and trust more those brands that are taking a stance that reflect their values. So I think that's, that's one of the secrets, like, you know, don't be afraid and try to connect with, you know, with, with the things that people care about. Number two is, I think, um, create the content that people like to consume. Um, and I think that's really important for us as advertisers. Many times we create content uh, uh, or we can fall in the trouble of creating content um, of ad people for ad people, right? Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, looking at what is the type of um, um, things that people like to consume and how they like to consume it in what channels is really important. Um, um and the, the last thing I will say is be quick and be nimble. Mm -hmm. um, I was just looking at a stat or something like um, over half of every trending topic is gone within an hour. Mm -hmm. So that means that those big topics of conversation are super ephemeral and like they're disappearing right off the bat. And if you have a process that is taking you maybe hours or days to be able to put a piece of content or a response because you have multiple layers of mm -hmm. creative approvals and clients' approvals and legal approvals. By the time you have an asset that is ready to be shipped out and, and, and shared with consumers, no one cares about that conversation anymore. You were buried through all of the pictures of your cousin's babies mm -hmm. and you know <laughs> your friend's uh, vacation and all that stuff. So, um, so again, I think if you think more as as how people behave as as you and anyone on you know uh, of your friends behave on your instagram or on your twitter which is like you know you have a thought and you just you just snap it or you just take a picture and you write something mm -hmm. brands should start working towards uh, different frameworks that allows them to behave in that very simple way and then i think that they will be able to connect more genuinely with consumers because that's the way people behave today mm -hmm. so what is the platform that's really really interesting you right now 
Well, lately I've been playing a lot with TikTok, and it's funny because my biggest follow right now is is the kid of one of my friends, and he's 11 years old, but he's like an insanely talented content creator, um, and I'm trying to catch up to him. So I'm playing catch up, <laughs> you know, with 11 years old, which makes me feel old, but also... It's very exciting. So TikTok is an application that is doing a couple of great things. You know, a lot of video content in a mix of like short and like mid form content. Um, a lot of like good music and like good editing in terms of like having the music follow, um, the footage um, fall right on the music beat. Um, a lot of like former creators from like Vine um, uh, jump on their platforms and they're creating like a lot of content. Uh, very snackable, very quick, um, but also uh, the community is being fostered by the fact that you can respond to the videos with your own video. So that's creating kind of like an inception type of thing where like I post a video of me juggling with a soccer ball and then maybe you respond to that video and then you just put like, you know, the screen gets divided like half my original video, half your new video of you juggling with another soccer ball. And then a third user can do the same thing. So then suddenly it creates like that automatic like viral um, 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 effect of like sharing, responding and kind of mm -hmm. curated content. Um, and it's almost collaborative. Yeah, it's very, co yeah, for sure. And I think that um, definitely encourages collaboration, but also encourage like respond to create to creativity with more creativity. Mm -hmm. So it's almost like it has like that, uh, as I was saying, that fostering effect that is like a very creative environment by definition. Mm -hmm. And I think that's something that um, with the, you know, um, with the growth of platforms like Facebook or Instagram or Snapchat, when there's like trillions of users in those platforms and then everything is about the algorithm and how you optimize your content. Mm -hmm. uh, a lot of those platforms that originally started as very creative platforms became now more media-driven optimization platforms. Mm -hmm. So it's really nice to see a platform like TikTok that is just all about creativity and create good content because that's how the old Instagram was and that's how mm -hmm. like, you know, Vine was. Mm -hmm. And it's all about like, oh, there is this cool thing that I can shoot great things on and, and edit and share with my friends and document my life with a lot of creative tools versus that, you know, the technicality of how do I shape my content in a way mm -hmm. that a computer can read it and put it on top of people's feeds and like mm -hmm. all of that stuff that is, you know, uh, a little bit less fun. Mm -hmm. So do you think brands have a space in TikTok? Uh, I mean, it's yet to be determined. I think, uh, you know, I don't want to sound repetitive, but it will be, can they show up in a new platform in a way that feels very authentic mm -hmm. to that platform, right? Um, I will say yes, if they... It, it, like if they're able to embrace new way of creating content with very short form, mm -hmm. purely vertical, um, if they're open to have people responding with video to their original content and kind of have that conversation in the open, mm -hmm. uh, for sure, I can see many brands already jumping on it and creating pieces of content. Mm -hmm. um, uh, I will say like the main message will be don't be afraid but actually just embrace mm -hmm. the platform and then go as deep as you can on it. Part of that might be through influencers, part of that might be uh, hiring an agency or a team that is able to get their hands dirty and like really, mm -hmm. you know, uh, um, uh, research and understand what the platform offers and how um, how you can take advantage of that. 
Or part of that is actually, you know, make sure that the creatives that you have, whether it's in your agency or inside of your brands, are native users of the platform. Like, mm -hmm. you know, how can you win on TikTok if the people that are working on it don't use TikTok? How can you win mm -hmm. on Instagram if the people working on it are not users of Instagram? Um, so for sure, I think that there is opportunity for 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 brands to to do more. And I think that the application is just, you know, scratching the surface. Who knows how long, you know, is it mm -hmm. going to be there but but i think it's exciting just to see a pure creative space for for mm -hmm. people and brands to uh, to play well i'm excited to see what you come up with in response to the 11 year old yeah no, <laughs> I, I haven't responded anything to him because i think i will get uh burned pretty badly <laughs> by hey maybe year old. you can create with him yeah maybe maybe no. it's all about collaboration yes, yes all about collaboration um so moving a little bit into more of like what inspires you uh we've talked a little bit about what you're really, really interested in right now, which I believe is cocktail making, correct? Yes. So you, just to like give everyone a little bit of background, Nico has a life outside of work. <laughs> surprise, surprise. Yes. And it is filled with his family as well as things that really, really inspire him. So I have a little bit of appreciation for like people who make things with their hands mm -hmm. and people who get really good at doing certain things. Uh, especially those things that I cannot do, right? So there is a bunch of those people that you just follow on Instagram. You're like, oh my God, that's a great photographer or that's a great artist. And you're mm -hmm. like, that's more like of a like, you know, uh, platonic relationship with those. Mm -hmm. But then there is sometimes people that I follow and you're like, oh, maybe I can do that. And I have like that little bit of a thing in me where it's like, oh, maybe I can do that. And um, I've done a million things in my life in terms of hobbies, whether it was sports mm -hmm. or whether it was... Uh, uh, you know, little interest, or, and 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 it was always about, I think, finding like a creative outlet mm -hmm. outside of my job. Lately, um, I started looking at different posts on Instagram of like beautiful uh, photos of cocktails. Um, one of them, uh, the, the guys that I follow, his name is Brian Culp, and he has an account called uh, um, Culp Cocktails. Um, shameless plugging for the podcast, <laughs> but like you know, he's one of our creative directors, and 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 I always like cocktails, but then I started kind of reading about it and learning that there was this whole culture of pre-prohibition and post-prohibition or whatever, and then I just got the bug, and then I started like you know reading more, and then uh, buying booze, and then I started <laughs> mixing things at home, like for my wife and, 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 and like for my friends. Mm -hmm. So like for the last six months, I've been doing that. And then again, connecting with like different people, mm -hmm. um, posting pictures, getting a couple of mentions in a couple of places. Um, so like, it's been really, really interesting. I think, um, to bring that to an application for what we do every day, I will say, um, it's really easy whether it's for a user or for a brand to think that you're just yourself in the social space. And there is a number of other people who share the same passions and interests, uh, again, both for you as a user, but also for a brand. So there is no reason why you just need to think about yourself as someone that just pushes content out there and that's it. Get involved with other conversations. If you are a brand, I don't know, if you're a brand uh, that produces marshmallows, take a look at conversations about bonfires, take a look at conversations mm -hmm. about Halloween, dessert making, activities for kids, and, and, and you know, connect with people. Some of them will be influencers, some of them will be just regular people, and I think that's, that's how you can start learning a little bit more of what they care about, but mm -hmm. also you can start getting a little bit of traction, you know. Uh, you, may, you may 
you may surprise yourself either learning something or finding something that sparks your next big idea mm -hmm. and that and that make a you know uh, has the potential to make a really big difference mm -hmm. so how do you bring like all of this passion and inspiration and like your knowledge that you learn and that you're using from social media platforms how do you bring that into the office like it, sitting in a meeting like do, does that translate into work life pretty frequently yeah i think again i don't i don't i don't believe that i have this immense knowledge about social that mm -hmm. the rest of the people in our office or the rest of the people in the world uh don't have uh, I think we all have it. I think you're a heavy user of different platforms. Mm -hmm. I've seen your Instagram profile with a bunch of like beautiful pictures. Um, so you. clearly you have the ability to curate content and to produce content. And then maybe you take 10 pictures and then you edit all of them. And then you choose which one is the best one that you want mm -hmm. to have on your Instagram uh, 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 profile. Um, so I think all of us have that shared knowledge. I think what I try to do is... Uh, a couple things, you know, when I sit on a meeting and, you know, there is like account people and, you know, creatives and interns and whatever, I just try to challenge a little bit of like the status quo, you know, that may be um, by asking, you know, what can be easy, but at the same time, like challenging questions like, why will the users care? Why mm -hmm. will the community care? Why will people care? Just because we have something to say, just because we have to say, hey, ice cream is 50% off today, that doesn't mean that people want to receive that message. So mm -hmm. either we have a very unique angle or a very creative way to say it or a way that where it really connects with how people behave in real life. Mm -hmm. Sometimes we are, you know, not doing that it makes us feel not only unauthentic, but it's like we're asking for the users to do a lot of stuff that that's not how people behave. Mm -hmm. So like that doesn't work. So like, um, in those meetings, I try to ask a lot of questions that lead to, hey, is this really a strong idea that connects with how people behave? Sometimes, just by the definition of how we work in the agency, the ideas are great and they're already very relevant for how people behave and how they connect. So then in those cases, my question is more about, are we crafting, like taking that idea and crafting it in a way that uh, can be consuming the way people consume content today? Mm -hmm. Because you can have a great idea, but if you have a great idea and it's a two-minute piece of content and you want to put it on the stories when you only have 15 seconds or less, mm -hmm. six seconds, and people can just skip your content by just tapping their mm -hmm. thumb, you're probably not going to get your point across and people are just going to skip a beautiful piece of content or a beautiful idea that could connect emotionally with them just because it wasn't maybe formatted or thought the right way. So, it's so, so so in that case, the problem is not the idea. It's not that the idea doesn't connect with the consumer emotions. It's that the way that this idea was translated into the medium mm -hmm. wasn't necessarily like the best approach. So I point a lot of like those little things to mm -hmm. uh, to the teams, challenging them to, to think about specifically how that idea will be consumed. And along the lines with that, uh, the last thing I do is I don't have all the answers. I think as, as a collective... Together, we can come up with like better things. But part of that collective is also our partners, whether those are production partners or whether those are the actual social media platforms. So um, I manage and distribute through anyone, you know, uh, in the agency that that needs to, to reach out to them, uh, the relationships with all the platforms. So we work really close with Spotify or with Facebook or Snapchat or, or um, uh, Google or YouTube or, you know, um, 
uh, TikTok. Mm -hmm. uh, and the idea there is, I think traditionally the relationships between agencies and these platforms have been managed through the lens of a media buy, mm -hmm. right? So it's a relationship that is usually very close to the media agency because it's like, hey, I'm going to buy this, you know, amount of money into your inventory and then they do the negotiation and then the agency receives a spreadsheet of like these are the placements that you have to fulfill with content and i disagree with that philosophy fundamentally when i was on the client side i used to also work really really close with the platforms and i saw that it was a better opportunity for you to get content that is more relevant for how people behave in those platforms so uh we were really close with the creative shop teams or the creative um or like the pin factories of the world, like those, you know, creative teams within the platforms uh, to discuss ideas, uh, possibility to augment those ideas, and then the ability to uh, truly build a partnership with them where even very early when we're saying, hey, we're kind of thinking about something, but we're not sure what it is, they can help in on different ways to make our ideas stronger. So, so that's the last thing I do. I really encourage the teams to, hey, why don't we send something to Facebook? Why don't we bring someone from Spotify to this meeting? Why don't we bring someone from Giphy to this meeting mm -hmm. um, to see if they have anything interesting that we can add and that can make our ideas stronger. Mm -hmm. um, do you have any examples of uh, brands who have used the platform kind of from that like bottom-up approach? Like we build from the platform instead of trying to fit content that's already been created for a different medium onto a social media platform. Do you have any examples that like you remember or really stick out to you that you're like, yes, they're doing it right. Yeah, I think that there is a number of different people doing it. I mean, there is an example of, uh, I mean, like the usual players will, you know, all, always be there. Mm -hmm. um, there is um, Nike did a campaign for um, uh, for um, the last World Cup where the majority of the content they produced was content not using actors, but usually actually like people mm -hmm. that were already creating content. And they were not really influencers or like big names in the space, but they were looking at like really like regular people mm -hmm. um, um, that were just posting pictures on their like, you know, very normal hashtags like football mm -hmm. or like, you know, pick a game or like, you know, Sunday league or whatever, and then choosing a bunch of them as the stars of their commercial. So like, that's mm -hmm. like really powerful because like by nature, you're just taking like people that are authentically themselves and you're just like almost sponsoring that authenticity by, you know, using your brand on top of that and your brand mm -hmm. is really well accepted. Mm -hmm. So that was like really interesting. I think we are sometimes so afraid of like the legal approval or the logistics of the supply chain, mm -hmm. which again, all of those are real massive problems. Mm -hmm. You know, there is not a brand that wants to get sued. No agency wants to get sued. It's not just as easy as saying like, go ahead. Like there is budget constraints and legal constraints mm -hmm. and nutritional constraints and distribution and supply chain. So like those things are real. Don't get me wrong. But like, so the easier answer for a lot of those big creative ideas is to say, oh no, it's too hard, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. It's almost like, like they're showing that they're willing to risk a lot mm -hmm. for their customers and what the yeah. customers are asking for. Because the customer's worth it. Yeah, that there is a lot of power in in, in looking at, 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 again, at what people are saying and what they're into and mm -hmm. try to get out of your way to please them. Mm -hmm. And I think that the natural response is that they're going to come back to you and, and 
or reward you, whether yeah. it's with their loyalty or, 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 or with their business. Mm -hmm. So since this is an intern podcast, what is like a quick little piece of advice that you would give to any intern in the agency world? Um, that's a great question. I, you know, I was, I was never an intern. I went to school abroad and, and, and internships were not a thing, but, um, I think being an intern is probably one of the most nerve wracking as well as the most, uh, exciting things that can happen to someone, you know, mm -hmm. on, on one end, um, you get to move sometimes to a new city and take a look at new culture and weather and, and people. Uh, and, and, and that's awesome. But the, on the other end, like, you're like, oh my God, this feels like a real job. And I'm kind of, you know, you know, feeling like adulting and, and, and I don't know what I'm doing or I don't know if I'm good enough or I don't know why, you know, the first thought that, uh, you know, many of you had was like, I don't know what they hire me, you mm -hmm. know, and you almost have like that feeling of like, what happens when they realize that they made a mistake? <laughs> I'm an imposter. Uh, right? well, I don't know. You know, I, I still have that feeling, you know, in all of my jobs. And I mm -hmm. think it's a healthy feeling of like, you know, never being done and then try to show value all the time. Mm -hmm. However, my advice will be, uh, be messy, break stuff, like mm -hmm. bring new ideas and then be a little bit like, you know, uh, be responsible, be careful, but you are the new blood of the places that you're going to work in. Mm -hmm. Whether it's a brand, whether it's an advertising agency, a production company, the biggest gift that you can um, give that place is your your fresh ideas and your brains. The whole purpose of having a bunch of like young people fresh out of college or in the middle of college is to get those new ideas. Mm -hmm. um, um, if we don't listen to your voices, we're making a mistake. Number one, because we're not teaching you right, but number two is because we're losing the value that you're going to bring. So yeah, my advice would be be messy, uh, Raise your voices, mm -hmm. be bold, raise your hands in meetings, ask questions. If you don't know the answers, don't be afraid. You're, you're not going to get fired because you don't know all the answers. You're here to try to learn those answers. Mm -hmm. uh, but just be confident that you have a point of view uh, that is really valuable for the agency and for the ideas. Mm -hmm. You will have ideas that no one else in that room will have because it's because they come from you, because they come from your age and what you're living and like you're in the middle of the culture. Mm -hmm. And especially in advertising where 80% of the briefs that we'll receive from many brands is about we're struggling connecting with millennials or we're struggling mm -hmm. connecting. You guys are the target. So how much more powerful the ideas can be if they have the participation of, of you guys and interns? So mm -hmm. I don't think an idea is too, too small. And I think that... Um, that um, whether you're going back to school uh, to to finish some courses to then go to like, you know, your real job or whether it's that you still have a few more years and then you will be an intern somewhere else next year. The advice in both cases is be bold and then be loud and be messy and that's fine. You know? Be messy. I'll start being messier. You're already team. messy. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much for taking time and talking to us. Um, this has been Totally Qualified and see you next week. Uh.